Welcome to See You on the Other Side, where the world of the mysterious collides with the world of entertainment. A discussion of art, music, movies, spirituality, the weird, and self-discovery. And now, your hosts, musicians and entertainers who have their own weakness for the weird, Mike and Wendy from the band Sunspot. Hello, Mike. Hi, Wendy. We haven't been together on an episode in a while. I've missed yeah. you. Yeah, I've missed you too. You did you did an awesome job on that uh, interview with Mark O'Connell. Thank you. I really I enjoyed listening to that, and I got a lot out of it. And um, I missed talking to you those weeks, but it was well worth it, I think. Yeah, and, and now we're back together in, in the virtual studio known as Skype. So, <laughs> That's right. And I can see you having a glass of wine right there. It's, so you yeah. seem to be enjoying your evening. Yeah, well, it's a, it's a veritable blizzard outside. So it's a good night to be inside and be cozy next to the fireplace here. Have a glass of wine and, and a little conversation about weird stuff. That sounds good to me. I'm, I'm gazing out. It just finished snowing here in Minneapolis. I'm gazing out over the lovely skyline of the city and all of the fresh snow-topped buildings. The snow is very pretty when you're viewing it from inside a warm place. Yeah, it's great. Like I'm just looking at it now. I don't have to drive in it. I'm like, this is very pleasant. Very cool. This is very Good. pleasant. Well, I'm you, glad you have a pleasant evening. Th- thank you. You know what else I think is very pleasant? What's that, Mike? Reviews on iTunes. Oh, yeah. Yeah, wait. I guess we haven't really talked about that too much in a while. No, we haven't. We haven't pressured our listeners to give us reviews on <laughs> iTunes in far too long. No, we haven't. And, you know, it is one of those things that um, we're purely asking because it helps us to get some new listeners into the fold. So we don't get any sponsorship money or anything like that. We're just trying to expand our community with some new people. And I guess the good way to do that is to have some reviews that they can stumble upon it and perhaps take a listen. Yeah. It's like we don't get paid per review, but we do get paid. <laughs> we get paid in good feelings. And so those good feelings will help us give good feelings to other people. Warm I just, fuzzies. Right. And I, I just I just made us sound like... Like like masseuses, we give good feelings to other people. Oh, yeah. But that's, um, but really, so uh, if you can, check, click on the view in iTunes, othersidepodcast.com, and uh, just jump in iTunes and write something quick. Everybody, if if you have iTunes, you have an iTunes account. And so that's all it takes is just to um, write up a review if you're enjoying the show. And we certainly do appreciate that. That that allows us to give good feelings to other people. That's right. And, and it also works in Stitcher if you use a non-iTunes app. <laughs> oh, yeah, Stitcher. So you, anybody can go in there and leave a review in Stitcher if they choose to, if they don't want to install iTunes. And I sympathize. But anyway, so I, I thought it might be fun to set ourselves a little goal for February. Okay, what what's that goal? Well, I thought it'd be a good... If we could try to get a new review each week. Oh, it was like one for every podcast. Yeah. I think I think that sounds like an admirable number. And February is a cool month because there's exactly four weeks. It makes the calendar fit neatly into a grid of seven by four. Oh, yeah. So if you're OCD, it's real easy <laughs> just beautiful. To, on Wednesdays to check it off the list. Yeah. And um, so anyway, if you guys have a moment, please, if you like the podcast, um, leave us a little feedback. And we'll see if we can meet our goal of four new reviews this month. I think that sounds like an excellent idea. So, okay. All right. Okay. Well, now, sh- on to the good stuff. Shame- shameless pandering has ended. 
<laughs> and you know, we we had a different topic scheduled for this week, but um, you know, on last week, um, you had Johnny Depp miss a press conference for his new movie. Oh, and I can't... Mordecai. Mordecai isn't in the movie. Wendy, have you seen the ads for Mordecai? I actually have not. Okay, it it's Johnny Depp with uh, like a like a Raleigh Fingers mustache. So like a, um, <laughs> a handlebar mustache. If you guys don't know who Raleigh Fingers was, a uh, relief pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers for a long time. When we and were kids, he was the big, big star. He was a big star. That was the time the Brewers went to the World Series back when they were in the American League, which, you know, a, a real... A real baseball league and not this National League trumped up stuff. And Uh-oh, sports ball talk. Yeah, that's right. And so Ronnie Fingers would show up to save the day and he would he had this these handlebar <laughs> mustaches like it was nineteen oh eight or in something ridiculous. It's like pretty awesome. This? And look at today it's back in fashion. It is, well, in Minneapolis all the hipsters. It's back in fashion. They love it here. Yeah, yeah. It's the always it's everybody. Uh, riding around on like their unicycle with a with a handlebar mustache that gives the city its its flavor. <laughs> no, the mustache wax co- companies are like back in business, man. They're right. back after big. not after not being uh, in business since the mustache boom of the seventies ended. <laughs> they're like, oh, thank God, people are getting back to waxing their mustaches. Oh, right. Thank you, Jesus. Okay, so uh, the movie was Johnny Depp. <laughs> <laughs> Johnny Depp. Plays a character called Mordecai. This is based on like some European novel. Um, it's like his art heist. It's got Gwyneth Paltrow and Ewan McGregor. Ewan McGregor, who's usually solid. You know, he's great in a lot of movies. But, well, anyway, it just, the ads looked horrible. It didn't look funny. It looked like <laughs> a bad Pink Panther or something like that. And, yeah. um, and it bombed. It came out like... A week and a half ago, okay. and, it, and it made like $26. Oh, that's a pity. It, it didn't really make $26. It made it still made money. I mean, it didn't right, make a, but not, not like in line with a successful debut, huh? Not in line with a Johnny Depp vehicle. I mean, the man has anchored the uh, ever-decreasing returns of the Pirates of the Caribbean series, and the man makes a lot of money, and so he comes out with a dud, and... He's he's gonna release it in in Japan. Japan is where it gets released this you know February sixth, so this Friday. So he's doing a gonna do a press conference on it last Tuesday in Tokyo, and and they think that Japan they have a chance of making some money. Anyway, he completely misses it. Reporters wait Oops. for over an hour. Johnny Depp just doesn't show up. Oh I, man, that's embarrassing. I think he was in his hotel room just depressed over like I made this movie and nobody showed up. And I'm like, well, you should come to some of our shows, Johnny, and then you can see. Okay. Um, <laughs> Gosh. But so he shows up the next day at, at a photo call, and he apologizes for missing the press conference. And he blames it. He Here's his quote. I was attacked yesterday morning by a very rarely seen or experienced animal called chupacabra. I have fought with it for <laughs> hours. They're very persistent, very mean. And I'm pretty sure it came into my suitcase. I threw him off the 23rd floor, so we'll never see him again. Thank you for understanding. Um, so that must have been a, a wee little chupacabra, or he's got an enormous suitcase. He he probably has an enormous suitcase just for his scarves <laughs> and his monsters. 
that he carries yes. around. But the, I mean, the funny thing is, and he's telling this to the Japanese media, who are probably like, "What is a chupacabra? You know, like what are you even talking about?" Yeah, I think he's he's lost his marbles. Right, and um, obviously they've seen Mordecai, so they do think he's lost his marbles. <sighs> okay, enough beating up on Mordecai. But uh, so. So that got us to thinking right away, we should talk about the chupacabra because it's in the news and the chupacabra isn't in the news very often. No. And just the fact that (laughs) he chose to use that reference, you know, presumably thinking that enough people would know or have heard of it. Right. (laughs) That it's it's mainstream enough now that people actually know what you're talking about when you reference a chupacabra. Yeah. That's pretty, that's pretty interesting. Yes, it is. So, so Johnny Depp throwing that out there. Um, we thought we'd talk a little bit about the history of the chupacabra, and we should get into a little bit of cryptozoology. Okay, okay that sounds interesting. Well, cryptozoology, um, me, I mean, is the study of animals whose exist- existence is suggested but not proven yet. And they call those like animals... Bigfoot? Exactly, like Bigfoot. They call those animals cryptids. So crypto literally means hidden. Zoology means animals. And so you put them together, so it's a hidden animals. And it's a study of those. Okay. Now, there's no accredited cryptozoology. You know, there's you can't become like a, a doctor of cryptozoology. So that doesn't exist yet. Interesting. Because I was looking in, because I'm like, okay, the study of hidden animals, which means you're hunting for Bigfoot, or you're looking for the Loch Ness Monster, oh. or you're seeking out El Chupacabra. Okay, so it's not like trying to find, you know, like dinosaur, like ev- evidence of dinosaurs or something like that. It's it's actually... No, no. It's, this is something that we just, we don't even think existed. Okay. So, well. I mean, sometimes crypto... <laughs> So, cryptozoologists, you know, sometimes they they'll, they'll bolster that up. Like the, the big one was, um, there's there's a, a, a like a ancient fish called a coelacanth, and it's only found in very deep water, and it was thought to be extinct for millions of years. But then they found one like off the coast of Australia. So cryptozoologists often will call to that to say like, well, there's there are creatures that scientists thought didn't exist or were extinct and really were still here. So they'll often point to, to things like the coelacanth or the Komodo dragon. Oh, the, Komodo, yeah. the Komodo dragon was considered to be a rumor until they actually found it. And those things are so cool. Yeah, they're awesome. And now, you know, when you're in a zoo, you're like, yeah, Komodo dragon, totally sweet. Big, yeah. <laughs> big lizard in my backyard. Um, and so that, so that's, so cryptozoologists kind of, uh, they're, you know, they, they point to those things that in history, there has been animals whose exist, existence has just been suggested, not proven. And later on, they've proven it. And that's what they kind of hope with, you know, Bigfoot and the abominable snowman, the Loch Ness monster and everything. Okay. That so, makes sense. So the branch of the paranormal that El Chupacabra falls under is cryptozoology. Okay. So I just wanted to get that out there and explain. A, a cryptid yeah. is one of so, those animals. And, and it's just, it's things that have, they exist in folklore and in, in that type of stories, but no one's actually found concrete evidence that's, <laughs> or that's actually passed the test of, 
of right. science. No one's killed one and then dragged it in for everybody, right. to, for a scientist to take a look at and be like, oh, yeah, well, look at that. It's okay. Bigfoot's real, huh? Didn't see that one coming. Um, and the uh, chupacabra is also interesting because it's a creature of the modern age. So uh. the, the first sightings, the first reports of El Chupacabra. Um, so what does El Chupacabra mean? It literally, I mean, Spanish, the Spanish translation directly is goat sucker. Gosh, that's so gross. So El Chupacabra <laughs> means the goat sucker. And so these reports started in Puerto Rico in 1995. And um, actually, one of the first reports was released in November 19th in 1995, which was my birthday. Oh, man. Yeah. So uh, that's, there, that's very exciting. It's very near and dear to your heart. <laughs> <laughs> yes. And so what they were saying, so um, now Puerto Rico has the huge city of San Juan, which is the big capital. And then it's got a few large cities to uh, Ponce and Miages and the rest of the island is small, either oceanside fishing communities or small farming communities. So there's a lot of places in Puerto Rico that are very, very rural. Okay. And so um, the first reports were, were coming out of these rural communities that there were eight, eight sheep who uh, had three puncture marks on their chest and they were completely drained of blood. Oh. And so that's what that's they were saying. Strange. So they were saying that these weird um, vampiric attacks were happening and it was happening to uh, like goats as well. And, and the trouble is, and this is where cryptozoologists get into trouble, and even if you look at the citations on Wikipedia for this, they always cite anecdotal evidence. There's yeah. no like newspaper report that says we have, you know, that takes a picture of 15 dead chickens drained completely of blood and says, check out these chickens with the puncture, mar puncture marks. They're completely drained of blood. So it's all, you know, it's all these kind of superstitious kind of reports and secondhand yeah. kind of reporting. Well, I have to say, I pulled up the Wikipedia page and I was laughing before because the, the rendering. <laughs> yes. So I'm looking at this picture. And, and we're, we're going to get to that right okay. now. Okay. But it's just, we'll, we'll get to it then. So the, the first person <laughs> that sees, it's August of 1995. And, and so this is an eyewitness, Madeline Tolentino. She reports seeing the uh, creature, her town of uh, Canovanas. And it's said that as many as 150 farm animals and pets are killed and drained of blood. Ooh. And you so know, the draining of blood is the creep, like really weirdest part about it. Right. Well, that's what I mean. That's that's what is not just a fox. Yeah. You know, yeah. Like, it's more like a vampire. Like <laughs> originally they're like, well, you know, it's probably a predator right. that's just coming in and killing. It's like, is it going to be yeah. a, a mysterious goat sucker or? I'm sure could, farmers are used to, to their animals being attacked in the middle of the night. That happens all the time. Could it be a wolf or something? A lot of people are saying it might be a wolf. And they're like, well, there's no wolves in Puerto Rico. Um, right. But, you know, there's a lot of ships that come in there. I don't know. It'd be hard for a wolf to be a stowaway, but we can get to them. But even if it was, it was just whatever wild animals they have there that are, you know, predatory. Like, right. <laughs> sucking all the blood out. That's just, I mean, 
It's just, it's not done. It's not done. So, but, um, so Madeline says, and she describes this creature as between four and five feet tall. She says that it's walking bipedally, so it's walking on two legs. That it's got big, the almond-shaped alien eyes and spikes coming out of its back. You know, the size of a small bear. So... It's it's a rep it's a reptiloid reptilian creature spikes on its back big alien eyes and it's walking around on two legs first of all no but you know no animals just walk around on two legs yeah that's definitely an alien right makes it sound <laughs> right and and that's the thing so remember 1995 um, in addition to being you know our first year at college Wendy what yeah. what was blossoming in 1995 that we didn't have before then. I don't know. Internet, internet. The perhaps. internet, yes. So that's that's the thing. So these reports are all of a sudden. There's message boards. There's places that people can communicate <laughs> and, and spread s- the the word of it. Right. And so instead of just being in the back of like Fate magazine or Popular Science <laughs> or something, th- these stories then they get into like. They get in people's mailboxes the next day because the internet's here. And so by 1996, there are reports of El Chupacabra all over uh, the, the Caribbean. So they start talking about El Chupacabra all over the Caribbean, a lot of stuff in Mexico, Jamaica. Uh, there's, you know, there's sightings in Miami, Florida. And it just starts spreading from there. And so the people start calling it the Bigfoot of Latino culture is El Chupacabra. And I just, I wanted to just quickly just mention that this, this image on Wikipedia, that's the, um, an image of the Chupacabra based on its original description, which you just gave us. Yeah, it's kind of cute. <laughs> it has little like birdie claws like an eagle and it looks like a frog standing up on two legs. That's it's, a good way to put it. <laughs> it's not what I pictured, though, actually, you know, thinking about... Well, do you remember Land of the Lost at all? Um, Very vaguely. Okay. It looks like the slee stack from Land of the Lost. There's <laughs> a lizard-like, like tiny lizard-like people that live in the Land of the Lost. And it looks like the slee stack. So if you guys out there listening have ever watched Land of the Lost, the original 70s version, not the, the reboot which had better special effects, but the one where they, you know, the sleeve stack were obviously rubber masks made. Um, that's what this picture of El Chupacabra looks like. But check it out. Just go on Wikipedia and look for yourself because it's, yeah. it's pretty we'll, funny. We'll have a link to it. And it's also, I mean, it's funny, but if you imagine actually seeing that thing in the flesh, like in your, in your farm attacking your animals, whoa, holy cow. <laughs> right. Then you better, I mean, <laughs> you better run. And so remember in the 90s, too, is that we didn't just have it was the blossoming of the Internet. We were also before 9-11, we were full boat into government conspiracy culture. Uh. And, and you were still there. It's just that with a war on, it's less. It, yeah, it's, it's less of a priority. There's there are other things. Uh, right. <laughs> I mean, back in the 90s. I mean, when Bill Clinton was president, people were really like, well, obviously they're covering everything up. And then we had the X-Files and every TV show was about a government conspiracy. (laughs) In all the movies, the government was always the bad guys and the CIA. I mean, to be to be honest, 
there was very good reasons for that because in the 1990s we also had um, a lot of declassified information coming from the CIA, coming from the Department of Energy, that they had done experiments on. I mean, we've talked about this in previous episodes, but not just like the mind control experiments and the LSD, like giving LSD to people, but they released a cloud of plutonium over Seattle to see how, you know, we'd react if there was some kind of um, nuclear bombardment. <laughs> right. You know, it's like things that killed the horrible things. I mean, they gave the, they gave the black airmen syphilis. Like, all, we're just, you know, we are learning all this stuff that the government was doing to us. And it really, it, it got people in a conspiracy mindset. And the biggest conspiracy of all, Area 51, obviously, and the, the aliens um, on Groom Lake, Nevada. And that's where people said that they had, um, that, that they were hiding alien technology. And they were saying that El Chupacabra, since it looked like an alien, was a result. It was like a government experiment gone awry. Because, you know, there's islands off of Puerto Rico that the U.S. Navy had used for uh, aerial bombardment and weapons testing. Okay. And so um, I went to I went to Juan Vieques uh, a couple of years ago, and it's a beautiful island, and half the island is like a, a paradise. You know, it's, it's small, oh, wow. very small townish, great beaches, a lot of fun. I mean, small, like there's like 10,000 people on the island. So it's really, it's like being on Gilligan's Island. <laughs> that sounds really nice right about now, too. I know. <laughs> I know. And it, it really, so Vieques was just really beautiful. But half the island you can't go on because they have unexploded bombs. Mm, that's nice. We so right. So there's all these places where like you'll see like the zone like oh no, you can't go to the red zone. What what's in the red zone? Bom- <laughs> bombs that haven't exploded. Oh, you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna stay over here. Um that that kind of thing. So we were using Puerto Rico as a weapons testing ground and that's what people were saying. El Chupacabra was a U.S. government experiment where they took some of the alien DNA and they were messing Crossing around it with, with it. something like terrestrial. Right. Yeah, like a human hybrid. That's why it was bipedal and everything like that. <laughs> and so alien-human hybrids running wild in Puerto Rico, sucking the blood of your goats. It's it's it would be terrifying if that were true. Yes, but and so that's kind of where the '90s left us. With, with El Chupacabra. So in, in the 90s, El Chupacabra is still a very alien creature. And when we start getting into the 2000s, it becomes more of a, well, maybe it's not an alien creature. Maybe it's just a species of wolf or coyote that we haven't quite discovered yet. And that's when we start getting a lot of reports in Mexico and the American Southwest. Um. There's, there's one called the Elmendorf Beast. And there's a strange, hairless, coyote-like animal found dead in Elmendorf, Texas. And the guy that wrote the book Communion, um, which was a book about uh, alien abduction, there's a, the, that was the kind of the book that introduced the image of gray aliens with big almond eyes um, into Wasn't there a movie society. Made yeah. of that? Yeah. Christopher Walken plays him. Christopher Walken uh, plays right. him. In the movie, I was abducted by aliens. <laughs> um, okay, that was the worst Christmas I've really ever done. I, have any, I no can offense, do a good but... one, and I was not even doing a good one. It kind of sounded like a granny. Like, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's like seventy. I mean, he's not. I mean, seventy something. He's an old man. Yeah. But um, 
anyway, look, I'm Captain the Hook. Okay, I can't even do it today. I can't even do it today. All right. So, so they they have two, you know, two independent scientists do the research of the corpse. And one of the scientists says that the remains are unidentifiable. But the other one says, nope, it's just a coyote with something called sarcoptic mange. Ugh. Okay, now you've heard of uh, dogs referred to as mangy before. Yeah, mangy beast. Okay, well, well, that's that's kind of what they were saying was these reports of El Chupacabra in America Southwest. Okay, because mange is a skin disease caused by parasitic parasitic oh, mites. Okay, that makes sense because yeah, because mangy animals, their fur is kind of messed up looking and looks like chunks of it are falling out. So that's right, and. When, you know, take a dog and take all the hair off it or take a coyote and take all the hair off it. And it, it looks ha- different. It kind of has a reptilian look. Okay. You know, it looks like a strange alien beast. I see where you're going with that. So this, sar- I mean, and a sarcoptic mage is, is really, I mean, it's sad. It's, it's one of the worst kinds. And it, so their skin is all damaged and it's Eek. disgusting and it yeah. just... You know, when you think about a dog or, a, you that's know, a wild sad. man, it just, yeah, it's sad. And so um, that, you know, that's what these these scientists were saying, that, that this was at the Elmendorf, the Elmendorf beast. Uh-huh. So it kind of was verifying that, yes, these reports of Chupacabra, yeah, like these people might not be crazy, but they are seeing animals. Something explainable. Exactly. Something completely explainable because it's just, you're seeing sick dogs. Yeah, and it's like, you think about it, it's the middle of the night, it's probably dark, they're probably run away really quick, so all you see is this weird, like, hairless, you know, creature, and it, it, who knows, it's the middle of the night, you might be tired, your imagination might get away with you. Right. um, So, okay. So that's kind of the explanation that's floated around in the 2000s. You know, that's that's like where we are with uh, El Chupacabra. That's just so, like, not fun, though. <laughs> no, it's just like, what is it? It's a bunch of sick... It's not an alien government... You know, it's not this alien government experiment. It's, uh... And it's not no, a monster. It's sick dogs. Oh. But... Why would they suck the blood, though? Well, I mean, that's the thing. That's not um, explained. We're going to we're gonna talk about that more in a, in, a, in a few minutes. But 2006, we start getting rumors of Chupacabra in Russia. Interesting. That's quite a leap. Yeah. Geographically. And they're up in Siberia and people start having, you know, these small villages in these remote areas of Siberia start saying that their livestock are drained of blood. (laughs) And it's funny because, let me read you some of these quotes, you know, from from the Russians who are, who are happening too. They just said, um... The dog, which guards the farm, screamed for 15 minutes and then quiet down. The dog's behavior drew the attention of my daughter, Natalie, but she didn't think it was important. She thought that if a stranger had come to the house, the dog would bark, and here it was more like whining. You think of howling at the moon. In the morning, it became clear where that dog had been howling. I got up and went to the barn to milk the goats. I looked and saw right on the doorstep a goat with its neck thrown back unnaturally. Ew. On the neck, there was something like a bite mark. The belly was torn and there were huge claw marks. I came over and started screaming. I ran to the house to see the children were all right. Whatever killed the goats just drank its victim's blood. Interesting. Yeah. 
but then they start getting like it starts getting more and more superstitious. Okay. Um, you know, here's here's one farmer. Here's here's him. Here's his quote. It's come from the devil. I've seen it. My brother, even when he lived near St. Petersburg seven years ago, accidentally photographed a chupacabra. He took the usual family picture and then saw the demonic face through the kitchen window. Gray red it was. Oh, cool. Such an unpleasant face like a bat with fangs. <laughs> My brother showed me this photograph and upon the advice of his family, burnt it. Mike, you got to really work on that Russian accent. I wasn't cause... trying to do a Russian accent. <laughs> I was just trying to give it some dramatic heft. <laughs> All right. Just kidding. No, after the Christopher Walken misfire, we don't want to do another one. <laughs> You're not even going to try. Yes. No. <laughs> That's fair. I, I just would sound like Chekhov from Star Trek. <laughs> Okay, well um, that's that's interesting. I mean, that's definitely a different kind of when he said it looked like a vamp like a demon vampire or something like that. Right. All the people are scared. The fear that the creature will move on the children, the head of the village says. We have organized night patrols of six people. We walk through the village on the lookout for this wickedness. And and so it's just a funny thing. So like they're I mean, it's not funny, obviously. Yeah. These people are terrified. Right. <laughs> and I'm like, that's a it's it's what a funny thing. <laughs> the story is is spreading like wildfire and it's striking fear deep in the hearts of everyone in the city. So, I mean, they believe it. Absolutely. And whoever t- whoever shared the story with them sold it well enough that, you know, they <laughs> they must have appeared like they actually saw the thing because well, maybe they did. I mean, and also this just kind of I mean, this shows so like where do these where do these uh stories take hold you know it's in rural perhaps less educated superstitious populations and when we talk about how legends you know get around the internet facilitates travel of information and then also people with religious you know strong religious beliefs so they think that that you know vampire bats and the devil and stuff is going to come get them you can kind of see um how these legends grow over time. And and just just to say that it's it's not just Russia. We have a, a living chupacabra captured by a Texas couple. A living one? This is in 2014, that's what they say. A couple in Ratcliffe, Texas, captured a creature they believe may prove the existence of El Chupacabra. <laughs> Jackie Stock says her husband, Bubba, found a strange-looking animal eating corn in a tree Sunday night and managed to contain it. Eating corn in a tree? That's, yeah, that doesn't sound like El Chupacabra (laughs) to me. That just sounds like a hungry animal. So, uh, you know, once they grabbed it, it was hairless. It had big claws and teeth and a big growl. Mm. Um, So Jackie's like, he called me to come and look, and I said, Bubba? That looks like a baby chupacabra. <laughs> oh, it's a baby one. But just the fact is, Bubba, that looks like a baby <laughs> chupacabra. You know what, Jackie? If I would if I would come to anybody for an expert in what looks like a baby chupacabra, I would talk to you and your right. husband, Bubba. How would you in, even know? In Ratcliffe, Texas. All right. Okay. So, um... All right, so people who were commenting on that story, uh, there was a woman from a nearby town, Aquero, and she had a... The thing is, a few years earlier, um, 
she had captured what she thought might be a chupacabra, a hairless dog. <laughs> what are these women doing? They're just like running right. around catching creatures. Well, I mean, they see these weird hairless like dogs and um, like hers. I'm going to you know, get me a chupacabra. <laughs> that's right. Baby chupacabra. We can raise it right here. <laughs> um, but the but the thing is, uh, her and ended up being like a, um, you know, a dog with the sarcoptic mange too, you know. And this was yeah. a chupacabra captured. And I remember this was on all of the paranormal websites, oh, no. um, you know, in the in the middle part of the the last decade when they were talking about it. And so in Texas, they've captured the chupacabras, and it's really just. <laughs> It's really just a hairless animal with mange, and that's kind of sad. Um, but so far, that's our that's our best that's our best guess. That's on disappointing. The, on the creature that attacked Johnny Depp, um, is a sarcoptic is a dog with sarcoptic mange. Now here's something interesting though. Um, a guy named uh, Benjamin Radford. He's a writer for live science he's a blogger for live science and he also um is one of the editors of the skeptical inquirer ah so we talked about that one of our earlier episodes yes we did so the skeptical inquirer um one of those uh magazines that you know sets out to try to uh either prove or disprove claims the paranormal critics of the magazine will say that they just try to disprove it but so Benjamin Radford, he actually had done an interview with the woman who had seen the chupacabra for the first time and made the very first. Oh, wow. So he, he tracks her down. He interviews her. She talks about what happened and what she saw. You know, it, she said, no, I didn't really say four to five feet. I said three to four feet. You know, it was, it was like one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, we did see something weird. It's. But she talks about the spikes in its back. She talks about, you know, the kind of reptilian skin. And this is 1995. And one thing is that the movie Species is oh, released no. in 1995. So, do you ever see the movie Species, Wendy? I don't know if I have or not. It, it does sound familiar, yeah. Okay. Well, I saw it on opening day. Like... I remember when that movie came out, I was super excited about it because it looked like a really cool alien movie. Yeah. And the previews were great. And it had a cast. The guy that played Gandhi uh, is in it. It's got Forrest Whitaker. It's got Michael Madsen, who was awesome in Reservoir Dogs. Um, it's got a bunch of like famous actors. Uh, like like Alfred Molina, like it's got a bunch of really good actors in it. So number one, that's exciting. It's got this hot Canadian chick playing the alien. So it's like okay, that's gonna be fun, and it is terrible. Mm. Like it is, it is terrible, terrible. Like I, I really, um, I couldn't stand it. And it, it, what happens is we get a message from outer space telling us how to mix alien human DNA. And so they do that. And this alien quickly ages, you know, it, it's oh, born sure, and because, it quickly ages. It yeah. kills people. And all it does is try to have sex with people to reproduce. <laughs> oh, that's, that's the story. That's the movie species. Well, thank you. Now, now we don't need to watch it. Apparently <laughs> we don't need to watch it because it's terrible. But the thing is, 
the the alien was des- I'm not the, I mean the alien from the movie Alien was designed by a Swiss artist named H.R. Geiger. Right, okay. Okay. So he also had designed the 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 monster in Species. Yeah, he's he's done a ton of really cool work. Yeah, like album covers and everything yeah. and like he just I mean he pretty much invented his own genre of surrealist biomechanical artwork. And so he designed the alien and species. Well, um, spikes on the back, kind of reptilian, like the different stages that uh, Natasha Henstridge, the alien yeah. and species, goes through. The power of suggestion. Right. So and she, she admits she's seen the movie <laughs> a couple weeks before she saw, you know, Whatever she saw, you know, running around her town, her rural town, she had seen species just a couple weeks before. And it could have just been a dream, too. Who knows? You know? So Benjamin Radford, like his, I mean, and and plus he did try to do examinations and getting back to the sucking of the blood. He tried to do some of the examinations of um, animals that people said were killed by El Chupacabra. And they just happened to be not actually drained of blood. Oh. So all the evidence, everything is an anecdote. It's like me telling you, oh, my God, Johnny Depp showed up my apartment today with a chupacabra in his suitcase. <laughs> he threw it out the window uh, so we'll never see it again. And then he left and said, I have to go. Yeah. So, I mean, had they had they collected those animals and actually confirmed that they were missing blood and whatnot, then then we'd have more of a mystery on our hands. A completely different story. Yeah. But so I mean, pretty much, the El Chupacabra is just the alien from Species. And <laughs> mwah, and, then, mwah, mwah, mwah. and 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 you know, and until we see different, or we actually, you know, or, and I guess in the American Southwest. Keep your eyes open for hairless dogs that have, first of all, they have parasites, and second of all, they're hungry. <laughs> so, the, I mean, there is there is a creature out there, but an alien government experiment? Probably not. All right. Well, interesting. Very interesting. And who knows, you know, maybe someday in the future, more sure. evidence will surface or more, more <laughs> at least right. some I'm, more interesting stories. <laughs> I'm all for cryptids and I'm all for like the draining of blood. Yeah. Like I think that's great. Oh. <laughs> I mean, I don't think it's great. But, but it I makes mean, for an interesting mystery that or thing to wonder about. Yeah. And there's there's nothing more terrifying, I think, than seeing something dead and then not dead in a natural way. Because, yeah, if an, right. you know, if a, if a, if a, a wolf or a hound or a fox or a, if a predator kills something, you kind of see it, eats it. It's, you know, it's part of the natural order of things. Draining the blood out of a creature is not no, part of the natural order of things. Not, not on this planet anyway that we know of. So, so the Chupacabra's been in a couple of a couple, a couple of movies mm-hmm. and TV shows. The X Files. Oh, I episode. remember that one. Yep. Um, and that was called uh, El Mundo Gira, mm-hmm. and uh, that was kind of it was a jokey episode that was a parody of like a, a Mexican soap opera. So yeah. that was one of the, it was I voted like one of the worst X-Files episodes ever. <laughs> so if you see the reruns coming up, it might be worth it if you haven't seen it, but you don't have to give it a rewatch. I, I tried to rewatch it a couple of years ago and it, it didn't, didn't have the same effect that it did in the late nineties. Um, there is a, uh, sci-fi movie of the week. And those are always known for their quality. The sci-fi channel 
S-Y-F-Y now, uh, called the Chupacabra Terror. And um, that's actually got the guy that plays Gimli in The Lord of the Rings. Hey, all right. So he's in there. I mean, but I've seen him in a lot of bad movies, so he'll act <laughs> He'll act for food. Or, sure. I mean, he, like, needs a pool or something like that. He's like, I'll, I'll be there. Well, I, hey. You know, I was with Indiana Jones. Like, we know you were with Indiana Jones, and you're in The Lord of the Rings, <laughs> and you're also in Chupacabra Terror. Um, that features Gus from Breaking Bad. Awesome. As a scientist who captures a chupacabra and he's going to he's going to take the chupacabra back to the mainland and he's on a cruise ship and it escapes. Oh, cool. So I'll watch ter- that. The chupacabra terror ensues. Yeah, no, if you got 2 hours of your life that you'd like to just waste, I, I think I would. that looks like that looks like the film for you, Wendy. I think it sounds um, fun. A couple years ago, Sci-Fi also had one called Chupacabra versus the Alamo. <laughs> what? This one has Eric Estrada from Chips. Oh, and yeah. it's Erica Estrada, and it's about uh, drug dealers who dig a tunnel from Mexico to San Antonio, and Chupacabra start killing people. They oh, they use the, the tunnel. Tunnels. Cool. Right. And so then there's a last stand at the Alamo with the Chupacabras. And Don't the tell us dealers. what happens. I, I, I will not. I, I've watched it for about 15 minutes, and I was like, Eric Estrada, I have not seen you in anything good since Chips, and Chips wasn't even good. So... Um, but that's that that's worth if if you're interested in pursuing more Chupacabra films. Um, here's something interesting though, and okay. this is a song that was just released last year. So we talk about uh, El Chupacabra in popular culture. Um, we've got a Bulgarian artist named Andrea. Okay, and she often uh, does songs with a a. A Romanian like songwriter producer named Costi. So Andrea and Costi, maybe it's like the Beyonce and Jay Z of sure. Eastern Europe or former former communist countries. I once took a film class with a guy who told me he was the Steven Spielberg of Bulgaria. I remember that actually. So and I, we'll talk we'll talk about Vlad sometime because he's got some good stories and he's very entertaining. Um, my Bulgarian friend. But either way, we got Beyonce and Jay-Z of, of the uh, <laughs> communist block. And they've got a song, the Chupa song, Chupacabra. Oh, that's not so cute. The Chupa song. It does. But here, the I mean, the words have nothing to do with El Chupacabra. Oh. It's like, talk to me. Here I am upside down. But I'm leaving. <laughs> I'm leaving if you say we take, oh, 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 show me, baby. Drive me crazy. Make me lose control. Shupa, 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 cabra, shake it. <laughs> shupa, 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 cabra, crazy. Shupa, cabra. So they were and just looking purely for SEO on that one. Yeah, they must have been. It's got over a million hits on YouTube. Okay. And it's a sexy video. This Andrea, I mean, it's a sexy video. He's singing. He kind of, he's kind of like a pit bull looking kind of guy. But uh, no, shoot. Oh, Andrea's a guy? No, I'm sorry. Costi. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Costi's, Costi's like the, the producer rapper that comes on and Andrea's like the, the sexy singer. So... <laughs> We'll put a link to the Chupacabra song and you'll see like there's no Mexican goat suckers at all in this, in the entire video. So that's just a little bit on the the Chupacabra featured in pop culture. Yeah. And I have to say that, you know, for, for uh, a character that we haven't proven its existence, it gets a lot of screen time and a lot of uh, (laughs) airtime. So it's kind of cool. Kind of like Bigfoot or, or Nessie. I mean, it's just it's neat that the character plays such a huge role in pop culture. No, I love it, and, and you know what? I also love songs about yeah. about goat suckers. I do too. 
So why don't we play a brand new song for everybody? That sounds great, Mike. What's it, what's it called? El Chupacabra. for listening to today's episode. You can find us online at othersidepodcast.com. Until next time, see you on the other side. All right, I'm stopping now.